Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We're going back to basics, back to the original beliefs that the early church believed, just as Jesus had left the earth. Uh, and, and hopefully we're going to look a bit like that. And that's a church of power. That's a church of multiplication. That's a church of growth. That's a church full of the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit because, believe it or not, it is Pentecost Sunday. Um, when Jesus uh, left, he, he told his disciples, we'll, we'll touch on this in just a second. He says, wait, <laughs> don't do anything until the Holy Spirit comes. There's something that the Holy Spirit had to offer them that gave the church power. It would allow the church not to disintegrate and disappear within a decade. It was going to cause the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was going to cause the church to be effective, to be alive, to actually work, to change lives upside down, to allow God's love to permeate through people's hearts, but not just His love, His boldness, His courage. And who knows in life we need some courage we need some strength. Uh, if, if you've been on this earth long enough, you're going to know there's sometimes life gets dark, it gets hard, there's battles, and, and you can face it alone or you can face it with the Holy Spirit. And one thing I know that when God brings us to situations, to, to, um, to moments where, where we have breakdown or, or there's limitations like a Red Sea, God does not want us to just stop because it looks impossible. He wants us to wait for the right moment, for the right time, to hand it into His hands, submit to Him, and then He's, he, he's going to bring breakthrough if it's His will. Can I get an amen? And so maybe you're doing church, you've been doing life, you've been going through the rhythms of life, you've been in a dark season, a good season, I don't know, but you just feel there's something missing, something quite not right. You've got 80, 90% of the weather, or you feel 80, 90% of everything is right, but there's something not quite right. Um, that happens in our house all the time. Um, before my wife was coming home one day, um, I, th- I don't know why, I was under pressure to tidy the house. Maybe I'd made a mess. And before Anna got home, I thought, let's, let's give this place a clean. Let's get some brownie points. Let's get the pillows all you know, you know the way you puff them up and then you hit the wee chop. I've learned that. I've learned that one. You hit the chop. It makes it looks better for some people. Not for me, but for some people they think that's like a really cool pillow chop. <laughs> um, so I chopped it, and as I was bouncing around the house, just trying to do it, obviously within five minutes before my wife came home, um, I somehow knocked off one of her dear, her beautiful coasters. Now, it was, it's not like a plastic or, or, or like a wooden coaster. It was one of those kind of like marbly type coasters. And, and for some reason, as soon as it hit the floor, it broke. So I'm like, but we have about another five. We should be fine. Like, no big deal. Get rid of the evidence quick. Um, <laughs> bury that evidence. You know, let's make sure it cannot be found. It's gone forever. Can't really burn it, so let's just bury it. And um, thinking, you know, Chop pillows will distract my wife as she comes home. She'll not notice. 
But I don't know what ability God has given my wife. (laughs) I certainly don't have it. But as soon as she came home, honestly, I'm not even kidding. Within probably 60 seconds, I'm like, there's no way. She noticed that, Phil, where's the other coaster? I'm like, go to the kitchen. Like, the living room's fine. Leave it alone. Like, what do you mean? I, I was really tempted to lie. Like, what, what, what do you mean? What, what? And then trying to use the art of distraction. Have you seen the dog yet? <laughs> you seen how clean, you seen the pillows? But no, where's the coaster? And she eventually, I had to give in, I had to confess. Got caught all that work for nothing. And I had to tell her, that I'd broken the coaster. Why? Because she realized that something is missing. <laughs> and maybe in your life in the same way, you've been going through life, you've been going to church, you've been going through the rhythm, you've been reading the Bible, you've been doing a lot of right stuff, but something is missing. And this is what God, this is what Jesus was telling his disciples, don't do anything yet, because he realized something is not right. Something is missing. So today's message is called, Something is Missing. Let's pray. God, I just ask you to help me, because without you, something is missing. Without your power, without your Holy Spirit, without your ability to open up eyes in many different situations in this room and online, something is missing. Help us to see where that something is missing. Help us to put that something back in place where you've designed it to be. I pray, Father, you'd speak through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Something is missing. See, one thing I've realized as I've journeyed with God is that when I'm in God's presence, it's probably the only place I feel fully content and that nothing is missing. When you get into God's presence and you're alone and it's just you and God and listen, you can be alone and be praying and still not sense that, but when you get there, when you get deep enough into that place and you just feel complete, you realize that nothing is missing. Why? Because really, as people, we are designed to worship. We are designed to be connected to our Father, our Creator. It's funny, in the Bible, that God is described as a Father. The family unit is, is exemplified in that language. A good father, a father who cares about the details of our lives. And so the, the Holy Spirit is so key, so important for our life. Um, but maybe for you, you've never really understood. It's kind of been mentioned in some prayers, but, but you don't really get it. Or, or maybe the, you've heard it described the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost, and you don't like ghosts, and so let's not go there. That's not something you want. I don't like ghosts. Or maybe you've experienced it and you just need to be refilled. But today we're going to start off a series on Pentecost Sunday about the Holy Spirit. There's actually some theologies that would believe that the gifts and and the Holy Spirit is not really in operation as much today as it was in the early church. The problem I have with that personally is when in, in the book of John, at the very end, it says that Jesus said that you will do greater things than, than Jesus has done. And to me, it doesn't make sense that, that God would send a helper, the Holy Spirit, would send power, the Holy Spirit, 
And then he would just do it for one season or one generation. And then just say, hey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna call it quits. We're going we're gonna to give up on those gifts and those abilities that you need to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're going to give up on that. It's just going to be for the first generation. To me, the, the, the generations on need it more because they're, they're less close to that, that time when Jesus was on the earth as a person. And so for me, it doesn't make any sense, and it certainly doesn't. I don't see it in the Scripture at all that the gifts would just end. Um, if anything, we need them, we need them more. Um, yeah, I was, I was on a plane flight a few years back, probably about 10 years now, and whatever was going on in my life at that time, I, I had a really bad experience to the point where I didn't want to be in the plane because of a situation outside of the plane uh, before I even got on the plane. And that anxiety then started to get attached in my mind to the plane. I, I blamed the plane for the problem that I had, the anxious thoughts, the anxious feelings. So any time after that I got on a plane, I, I was a bit scared. I, I, it, was, it was an awful experience. I felt trapped. It was brutal. And I remember thinking about if I don't figure this thing out, the plane will be landed in my life. I will no longer seek um, relationships outside of this island. I will no longer want to go on holidays outside of this island. That's a, that's a terrible thought. Uh, I, I will, it's going to limit my ability to connect. It's going to limit my ability to explore. It's going to limit my ability to, to connect to other churches, to other relationships around the world. It's going, to, it's going to land me. It's going to confine me. It, it, the plane is an incredible vehicle which gives me the power and the ability to get places quicker. It makes impossible scenarios because I'm not going to swim the RC anytime soon. Johnny Walker can, but I definitely can't. I will die with about, about 100 meters in, because I've only got my 100 meter badge. And so, and so, if I don't have that ability to fly and that ability to get on a plane, then all of a sudden I'm depowered. My abilities have ceased to, to travel. I'm underpowered, and life is not what it could be. And I think that's exactly the same with the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit was designed to get us places quicker than we can get on ourselves without detours. You think about um, the children of Israel going through the desert. It took them 40 years to do an 11-day journey. Pretty sure the Holy Spirit, if we obeyed, can get us quicker. Um, but it also makes things possible that wouldn't be possible without that plane, without that Holy Spirit. It gives us the ability to dream, dreams that we just wouldn't even entertain. And so the Holy Spirit is essential. It is important. It is, we just can't do the ministry that God has called us to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Something is missing. Is there a weird noise? Oh, the road works. There we go. So I want to talk, start off by talking about some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Number one, 
The Holy Spirit is a person. So sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is this mystical, weird, invisible thing. But the Bible clearly states and shows us the Holy Spirit is a person. It says in John 14 and 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Watch this. He. Everyone say he. He will teach you all things and bring you to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He's a he. He's a person. The Spirit also teaches. So He will teach us. He will help us to understand things that we don't get. If you're confused about any kind of theology, I challenge you, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Because He teaches. It says in Acts 8 and 29, the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. What was the Holy Spirit doing with Philip? He was speaking. The Holy Spirit speaks. Acts 15 and 28, it says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. So the Holy Spirit helps us to make decisions. Before I was about to um, engage the process of starting this church, uh, I remember going to Clare Glen for a walk and realizing that I need to engage with the Holy Spirit. I need to communicate, I need to talk, I need to ask. What, and, and, and I was trying to sense what seems good to the Holy Spirit. What is He saying as I present, hey, can we start this church, God? Holy Spirit, help me to understand. Give me a peace if this is your will. Show me and give me, uh, give me the opposite of peace. Give me a turbulent feeling. Give me a feeling of, of, of uneasiness if this is not your will, if this is not what you want me to do. And obviously because I had sensed that God was giving me a green light. And obviously when you're asking the Holy Spirit anything, you're always going through the, the narrative of Scripture. It shouldn't oppose Scripture. Sometimes we can get mixed up in our thoughts and our feelings and we, we ask the Holy Spirit something and um, you know, the Holy Spirit told me I'm going to marry that girl over there. But unfortunately the Holy Spirit didn't tell her that. So who's right? You know, you know who, who gets the... And so that's where you've got to be careful. This is where it gets weird and people go way off, way off on this stuff. And really, sometimes people, because of probably a lack of maturity, end up believing stuff which fits their will but not God's will, and they're not really open to it. And you know, you know that you're mature as a follower of Christ and, and mature in understanding the Holy Spirit when you can also allow the Holy Spirit to correct you. Then when the Holy Spirit corrects you, you hear Him. If all you're hearing is the Holy Spirit telling you everything that you want to do and He's agreeing with everything you say and you think, then you probably are, are connected to your own will <laughs> and your own spirit. And listen, it's a journey. Sometimes you have to do that and then learn. I've done that plenty of times. That's why I'm telling you. Because I've asked the Holy Spirit, it was really me, in my own head, trying to, trying to force something. And, and yeah, that's why it's good. It seemed good to us says, the Holy Spirit seemed good to us, meaning there's more than one person there. Well, hey, what's the Holy Spirit saying? So as a church, it's, it's good for me. If, if I'm going to lead well, I need to ask, hey, what do you think of this idea? You know, pray about that, get a sense on that, and then someone over here, um, what do you think about this idea? Maybe someone's more analytical, someone's more opportunist, maybe someone is more pastoral, and it's good to get a range of all uh, so we can get a full picture and there's godly wisdom in the picture, and then we move forward. So it's not just 
God has designed us to be um, beings in, in family, in structured environments, and, and that's where we succeed the best, where it's not just isolation. When we isolate ourselves, that's often when we get into trouble and when the enemy has a field day because we're never being challenged. Iron sharpens iron, etc. Um, it says in Acts 5 and 3 and 4, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to men, but to God. So the Holy Spirit can be lied to, which probably touches on what I just said. You can actually <laughs> deceive yourself and, and lie to the Holy Spirit. Which is not the road you want to be going down because when you acknowledge that God sees everything and God sees every thought, it can be a scary thought, but if you're in denial of that and you're starting to lie on a deeper level, then that's something that needs exposed quickly so you can, you can put that right. Also, the Bible uh, also says the Spirit helps us, intercedes for us, and has a mind. Romans 8 and 26 and 27. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So that's where people would talk about a prayer language, where they pray and maybe they don't necessarily pray in, in normal words. Because sometimes our mind can't conceive what to do. And so it says he searches, our, and he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so the Spirit goes deeper than the mind and our emotions. The Spirit is the only part of us which can be perfect. And so that's why when we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us, then the Spirit can lead us into places where we don't fully get, but we still obey. I remember actually going to a counselor one time um, and about a certain scenario, and I was asking this counselor, um, you know, this is, I've been praying, and, and this counselor actually, on this occasion, I'm not advising this, but they weren't a Christian, but they were very um, advanced in their field, let's say and I feel that I had found very little um, fruit in. And I just wanted to test the water to see what they would say. And I found it so interesting because I'd been praying and sensed what the Holy Spirit had said to me. And I was just looking some sort of feedback to see what, uh, what this person would say. And they said, whatever you're listening to there, keep listening to it. <laughs> because that's exactly the advice I would give you. And I find that so intriguing. And the beauty about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit was free. A person cost a fortune. which is just incredible. I, I was, it actually blew my mind that, whoa, this spirit inside of me, this pure, this Holy Spirit is giving me incredible wisdom and counsel. Uh, and uh, it's being confirmed for me through someone who has taken years upon years of study, research, and it's giving me the same advice. Just brilliant. Another point, the Holy Spirit is God. So the Father, God the Father, God, Jesus the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is equally God. That's where we hear this word Trinity. Um, the three of them are expressed. We don't see the word Trinity in the Bible, but, but the Trinity is expressed all throughout the Scriptures. 
So the Holy Spirit didn't just arrive on the scene at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was all throughout the Old Testament. We'll look at this right now. It says in Genesis 1 and 1, the very beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so the Spirit of God was there from the very start. It says in Judges 6, And 34, the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. This is in the Old Testament. See, the Spirit was there throughout the whole Old Testament, but in the Old Testament, He was more external. He came through external needs. Uh, The temple was an external place. the, The tabernacle was an external. It was physically built. Whereas in the New Testament, what we see is that the Holy Spirit... It comes to the temple of our soul in our hearts. It lives in us now. Yes, we have physical churches, but the Holy Spirit, remember the veil was torn. That was to release the Holy Spirit into the people. We don't just need a priest. We, we become priests. Then in the prophets in the Old Testament, we see some of these prophetic statements which we, we're living in today. In Ezekiel 36 and 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I, re- I remove from you your, your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move, move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws, and then you will live in the land I give your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will, I, and I will be your God. And so God is saying, one day I will put my spirit in you. Not just something on the outside, but something that is living, alive, powerful on the inside. This is what the day of Pentecost fulfilled. And in, in, in the other prophet, uh, Joel 2, uh, verses 28 and 29 says, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So God wants to pour spirit upon his whole church. To not just go through the motions as a church, as God's people, but to actually connect to this supernatural gift, power, ability that will bring life not just to yourself, but to others. Dream dreams. Well, what kind of dreams? Dreams that bless people. Prophecy, what kind of things? Prophecy that connects people to God's heart. To see things into people's future, to see life in people, to see gifts in people. The church can only come alive when these things become active in the body. That's why you go into some places, maybe some churches, maybe you've come in even here at some point, and you're like, something is missing. You can sing a song, and you're like, something is missing. And maybe something is missing not in the singers, in me, in the welcome team. Maybe something's missing in you, but something is missing. Maybe there is something missing up here at times. But as a church, the more that we tap into the Holy Spirit, something is present. Something is different about this space. Last Sunday night, we had an encounter night. Something wasn't missing. Something was different. Can you get amen from anyone who was there? Something actually shifted in the room. 
It went from just the same old, same old to something different, something more alive than it has been, something that filled the soul. Can't be seen. It's like that X factor, that it factor. I can't put my finger on it, but there's fruit. I came away uplifted. I came away with freshness. I came away filled with joy. And so this is what happened 600 years on from this prophecy. We then arrive with Jesus on the earth, and he's about to get baptized. And this is what happened as Jesus came up from getting baptized. It says in Luke 3 and 22, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you're my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So, so the, the dove was symbolic of the Holy Spirit manifesting in Jesus. So, so what are we saying here? We're saying that Jesus needed the Holy Spirit too. So often we can just say, but it's Jesus. I can't do what he does. Well, he actually didn't say that. He says, that I need you to, you're going to do greater things because you, you're going to build the church. You're going to spread to all the earth. So what's the difference between Jesus and the Holy Spirit? Jesus had the Holy Spirit. He presented the Holy Spirit, but in one place at one time. But when Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit could represent Jesus at any place at any time. And so we become like many Jesuses if we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives so we can represent Jesus at any place at any time. So now the Holy Spirit is available for all believers across all the earth in every scenario, whether you're on an island or you're in a city, whether you're at, at work or you're at home, whether you're in the garden or you're in the garage, the Holy Spirit is now available to all in every situation, at any time. Can you get an amen to that? It says in John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives in you and will be in you. It says in John 16 and 7, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking about that replacement. As Jesus went, the Holy Spirit came. He says, it's better that I go. Why? Because you've got the Holy Spirit everywhere, at any time, at any point, available in every situation where Jesus, I'm only available. You have to follow me to every town. You have to go Whereas that's not what I ultimately want. I want you to go live your life. I want you to go build your family. I want you to go uh, go to work. But bring me with you. Bring the power of God with you. So Jesus' ministry was three years. And think about it. Jesus is trying to build the church, right? God has given him a mission. First and foremost, to die for the sins of humanity. But not just that. To now build a church, to build a structure, to build a system that will bring blessing to the earth, will bring hope to the earth. His A plan is the church. There is no B plan. And so, so he's got a major job to do. And so Jesus starts off by gathering a few. He ends up with 12, as, as we know, disciples. Had to replace one, one betrayed him. But all throughout his ministry, if you actually watch carefully enough and you realize what he's dealing with, he's dealing with people 
who were power hungry. They weren't qualified. They were denying him. <laughs> they were falling. They were failing. They weren't very courageous. When he asked them to pray, when he was going to the Garden of Gethsemane, they fell asleep. Who are these guys? They're like a third string team. They're not like your B team. They're like C team players. They're a, they're a bit of a mess. When Jesus is um, dealing with some of the issues of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that they want to, to cause war. They're chopping off ears. Jesus is rebuking them, saying, get behind me, Satan. This is his team. He's leaving in charge, his executive team. He's leaving in charge to go and help all the other churches to represent him on their messing up time and time again. When Jesus died, guess what happened? They disappeared. Who was left? The woman. They disappeared. What's going on here, Jesus? You've done a bad job picking a team. It's not looking hopeful for Christianity right now as you're in the grave. And we've seen the track record of these guys who were just fishermen at best. They didn't have the training. They didn't have theology degrees. They didn't really know too much. So often they were power hungry and they wanted to be popular. That's why they failed a lot of the time with, with courage. And what does Jesus say to them? In Acts 1 and 4 to 9, he says this, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them a command. He says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John was baptized with water, but a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus had wanted them to go to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He had wanted them to build his house. He had wanted them to build his church. He had wanted to see, seek and save those that were lost. He had wanted to heal the sick and the brokenhearted. He wanted to do it all, but he, he said, listen, don't do anything. Stop. Stop trying. Stop working. Stop trying to work it out in your mind. Stop trying to force it in your life. Wait. Don't go yet. There's a time in our life where we need to wait. There's a time in our life where we need to stop trying to work our way to heaven and stop. There's a time in our life where we need to stop trying to prove our worth to God and stop. There's a time in our life where we need to stop just attending church and thinking that's enough. There's a time in our life where we need to stop singing and ask why and wait. Why? Because he says, if you wait on the day of Pentecost, 50 days on, there's help. Help to do what? Help to, to give you the courage to preach when you feel scared. Help to do the supernatural work that causes people to get healed that are sick. Help that allows you to stand in front of authorities and nations and national leaders and even though your body is experiencing fear and trembling, you have the strength by the Spirit of God to say yes and to step up and to speak up. Wait. Wait to get power 
that causes your selfish ambition and your pride to die at the stick, on the cross, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is available today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.